All right, welcome to episode two of the Built Different podcast, where we are having real conversations with agents, leaders, and business owners, um, not only about the wins they're having, but the success of the struggles, the losses, different things that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So um, I'm excited. I'm your host, Will May. I'm excited about our guest today. We have Kobe Sway from the Briley team, um, and all the stuff you've done over the past couple of years, I've been super grateful to be a part of, you know, building a relationship with you. Yeah. Um, and being a younger leader in this industry isn't easy, oh. right? And so I'm excited for the conversation today. We have a couple questions early, and we're going to kind of just go back and forth on what you're seeing in the market. Is that cool? Sounds great. Let's roll. All right, Cove. So give me a quick background. Who are you? What do you do um, for the Briley team? And tell me how you got into leadership. So it's about three and a half years ago, Adam approached me and said, hey, you want to work in real estate? I go, I don't know anything about real estate. He goes, you'll fit in just fine. I worked at AT&T for 10 years. So my background's corporate America, training, systems, accountability, recruiting, like all of that yeah. was my background. So when I started, um, Adam came in and was like, hey, I want you to come talk to people, coach them, try to help them get better. Yeah. Which is something you've been doing, right? Is just yeah. translating industries. Yeah, it's just figuring out how to translate what I learned from AT&T to the real estate game. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, all right. So I always like to start with a couple of questions just to kind of like break the ice, right? Yeah. Um, and so if you could write a book today, what would you write about? That's a tough question. I think that the first thing that I would want to make sure people understand with real estate is how difficult it actually is mm. to be a high performer versus what people think it is. Like... TikTok, Instagram, right? Bravo, Selling Sunset. Those shows make it look like it's easy and everyone's making millions of dollars. Right. When in fact, you're working your little hands off and you're hitting the streets. So I would make sure that the book would talk about how difficult it is yeah. compared to maybe how it's perceived. Yeah, and that, I mean, that translates to every piece of life too, right? So many lessons to be learned in the real estate industry. And I think you and I get to see that on a day-to-day basis with, with agents as they go through their struggles. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a good segue to my next question. What's the biggest misunderstanding of being a realtor? I think the biggest misunderstanding is that cold calling is an absolute requirement. Yeah. If you don't want to cold call, don't do real estate. Yeah. And you have to put in the work. If you're not willing to work nights, weekends, all of them, then maybe real estate isn't for you, yeah. right? If 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 87% of realtors fail the business within three to four years, right? Like there's a reason why people are failing mm-hmm. and it's because they're not putting in the work. And sadly today with our society is we want instant gratification. We want results now. We want results yesterday. And real estate's a long game. So you have to put in the time today to get the money in the future. That's huge. You know, so it's it's just making sure that they understand really the difference of what it takes between making 40 grand and 200 grand yeah. or 400 grand. Yeah. And so that, what a great answer. And like, I'm, why I'm excited about this conversation is uh, we both get to be leaders, right? Of an organization, of a team. Um, by the way, the number one team in all of the state, number, I think, 37 in the country last year. Is that right? Yep. Which that's a big deal. Like, to be able to grow as quickly as you guys have over the past couple of years. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to you stepping in and then focusing on production units and recruiting, right? Yeah. So, from a leadership perspective, um, for agents that are maybe, you know, getting into the business right now, um, or maybe they're not excelling, like what is it that your team does so well to get people in a place where they are excelling, they are succeeding? Well, it's, it's, I think the biggest thing is there's like, there's, there's a lot of places out there that do too much training, right? They over train. And then there's places that are like, there's your desk. Yeah. Right. So it's when I worked at AT AT&T for so long, what I realized was if you put in the right training, 
the right systems, the right accountability, the right people, then if you have that right recipe in there, people, when they join, they can just fill in into those recipes, right? Because a lot of people don't know what to do. They pass their real estate license. When you learn, when you pass your real estate license, what do you actually learn? You learn how not to get sued and you learn the 19 (laughs) ways that the broker can do stuff. Well, guess what? That doesn't convert to sales, right? Like I'm not saying it's not needed. You don't want to get sued, but at the end of the day, it doesn't teach you how to be a realtor, right? So now that we have kind of everything in place, when an agent joins our team, we can excel their business to the next level quick Mm -hmm. through a few minor things. And we also talk to them about like, how do you actually convert internet leads? How do you convert a lead from your database, right? Like sphere building and things like that, which I know you do too. So it's, how do we take this idea of like, I have a contact, how do I get paid? So we try to walk that through the agent and then we try to put pieces around them to help them like a coach, um, a CRM. We try to give them a uh, assistant to help them. We try to help them with marketing. All the things that get in the way from selling houses, I eliminate. So therefore they can just focus on being successful. That's huge. Um, and, and it's cool because our relationship was built, um, just through, you know, meeting each other, understanding that we do things completely different, way different. Yeah. We found success with our agents in terms of them being, you know, being productive. Absolutely. Um, and so your idea from the team perspective is I want to take as many things off of their plate as possible so that they can go out and build a real estate sales business. You got it. So like I saw this to people all the time is that the classes teach you nothing about the test. The test teaches you nothing about real estate, right? So you're right. Once you get your license and you're ready to rock and roll, oh, by the way, we got to learn sales. Yeah. Right? And so you bring a lot of that kind of training up, up front early on so that they can be successful. And I think we do the same thing in a different manner. Yeah. Um, how is it that where brokerage is missing? Like Omaha tends to be maybe, I don't know, 10 years behind in the brokerage world in terms of what they're doing on the coastal cities. Yeah. What are we missing here? What are brokerages missing from a standpoint of actually helping agents be successful? Uh, well, I mean, so we had an agent yesterday that was an individual at a brokerage and literally their training is when you have questions, ask how do they know what questions to ask? That's right. It makes no sense, right? And today, people are shopping on Zillow, Realtor.com. They're using apps. They're using technology. And they want to see houses in minutes, yep. right? So three years ago, five years ago, people could call a realtor or wait for a realtor. There's no waiting around. So when somebody onboards to a brokerage and they say, when you have questions, let me know, that's not good enough today. You need to like have them take a seat back and say, you know what? You're not going to be able to start meeting clients until you've learned the process. The problem is... They're licensed, so in their eyes, they can start selling today. They're ready to go. The problem is you need to hold them back and properly set the foundation, just like any organization. Just think of it. If you start an organization today and I go, hey, you're going to work for our company, what's the first thing you do? You go through training, right? You You don't just start doing things. But what's so crazy is the brokerage model today is, well, we're going to have one class, good luck. Or, you know, you're going to go to this one broker class and then you're fine. Like it needs to be weeks and weeks and months of intense training. And again, it's, there's overtraining and there's none training, but brokerages typically do very little to no training, which is why typically their splits are amazing because they provide little to nothing. Yep. Yeah. It's big. Um, I tell people all the time from a brokerage perspective, most brokerages say, Hey, we got the best building, the best training, best people. You're going to do great. And then that agent is excited. They got four people looking to buy or sell real estate. And what happens? One of them waits until next year. One can't get pre-approved. One works with another agent. Exactly. And now we're hoping one closes. That's that. That's the 87% turnover that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So the thing that really resonated with me when I learned about your guys' structure is 
oh, hey, yes, like they're a money and profit driven team. You guys want to have productive agents, but I'm not giving people leads for the first month. Has that, have you had kickback in that as, oh, you, sure. as you stepped in? What's that been like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, we get agents from other brokerages, other teams and they're like, oh no, I'm, I'm trained. I'm prepared. I'm ready to go. And I'm like, okay, well, just because you think you're trained, you think you're ready to go. We run things differently. To me, I would consider it like if I'm a football player on a team, I get transferred to a new football team. Yes, I know how to play football, but do I know their playbook to be successful, right? Yeah. Do I know what to do with the playbook? So if you've been in business for 10 years or 10 days, you're going to go through the exact same training because I feel like our scripts are better. I feel like our way of doing things are better and our results show it. So be open-minded when you join my team that you're going to have to take a step back and re-realize something. And the other thing to think about that agents forget about is, you know, is Tom Brady still goes to practice, yes. right? And he knows how to throw the football. He knows how to do it, but why does he still go to practice? Why do realtors go to a listing class once and think they know how to do listings? That's exactly right. Why does a realtor join somewhere and go, well, I know how to do buyer consultations. Okay, great. So you learned one time. Yeah. Do you think things have changed? So I'm very upfront with people. If you join our team, you're going to be going through the transition as if you're a new agent. So we have no gaps and you have to be open-minded. Yeah, and I think that the it's unfortunate, but most of the agents in our industry are building skill sets at live client consults, right? Or at appointments. Um, and it's a, like, that's the part that you would never do in any other, any other industry. So you've been able to bring a corporate mindset to this, yeah. right? Um, how Which wasn't easy. <laughs> well, okay, I will tell you when we first started, not to interrupt you, but it wasn't easy. If you go back three years ago when I started, I promise you the agents and the team were not receptive to us. They're like, I don't want to be micromanaged. I don't want to be told what to do. Who are you? I know how to sell real estate. And um, it, it wasn't easy to build that foundation. Yeah, no, that and that was my question moving forward was like, you brought a corporate structure to this, right? Mm -hmm. What you do well and what teams that succeed in this market do well is they provide a path that you can go down in order to be successful, right? Yep. You take a 15-lane highway, make it two lanes, and just drive really fast in those two lanes, right? If you do those things, you're going to be a-okay. The other 13 lanes I got covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so that's what you've been able to do um, from your perspective. So being a leader stepping into a non structured industry mm -hmm. where it's very loose in terms of what we're supposed to be doing, um, how was that first year when you said agents were not receptive? And how did you, from a leadership perspective, have the confidence to keep going? Yeah. It's well, <laughs> I had a lot of pushback when we started. I met with other realtors in the city, team leaders, and uh, other brokerages. And a lot of people thought it was a joke or thought it was impossible or thought it was never going to happen. They're like, they're independent contractors. They're 1099. You can't tell them what to do. Yes, you can. Right? So I know the law because I've, I've worked on the other side of the corporate America. So I know the laws and what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And you can tell people what to do because people need to be told what to do. As human beings, we're told how fast to drive. We're, we're told what lane to drive in. We're told where we can go and when we can stop. So if we're told all day long what to do on the road and at restaurants and all these places, and then suddenly you're like, oh, you're a realtor, you can do anything you want. Guess what most people do? They sit at home and do nothing, right? So it's, when I went in there, well, I go, hey, you know what, we're on the same team. We're both here to be successful and make money. I only make money if you make money. Yeah. I don't have a job unless you win. So I'm not here to tell you what to do, Will. I'm here to make you a lot of money. Great news is, I'm gonna do everything I can to make you a ton of money. How does that sound? So. I took that approach instead of like, Will, do this, do that, do this, do that. You have to get buy-in from your people. Why yeah. are you there? And what are you wanting to accomplish is huge. So it's laying that groundwork. But again, it was a challenge. There was a lot of pushback. And when I did have the doubters or 
the issues. I would just always go back to like, what is it that we want to do, right? And we want to be a certain team and a certain caliber and we want certain things. Yeah. We're not there today, but we can get there. So there's going to be those bumps along the way, like you know, yep. right? There's a lot of different ways to do it. It's like an agent telling you, I want to make 200 grand a year. And they got their license yesterday. They're not making 200 grand tomorrow. That's right. Right? So it's just giving them the pathway to get there and helping them create that plan. And that's what I did is I continued to help them create a plan that they wanted to do. That's big, right? And then, so I'm going to transition to accountability here in a second. But something that I thought that you just said was really important was we failed. <laughs> we've hit struggles. We've had doubt. We've yeah. We've made bad decisions when when it comes to business structures, right? And so who hasn't? We've the, all made mistakes. The ability to endure those things is yeah. is what builds your leadership skills. It builds your experiences. Um, from an agent perspective, how are you guys on your team handling accountability? Yeah, never a fun thing when it comes yeah. to a team or brokerage or coaching. Accountability is the most uncomfortable thing that you can possibly deal with when it comes to people. Because why? You don't want to come across as, "Hey, you said you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. You so do this, right?" Yeah. So how do you how do you approach accountability on Bradley team? Well, it's <laughs> you know we talk about this all the time, but it's lonely on top, right? Yeah. Like so, it's it takes a special person to be a leader. A manager's easy. You're a manager. Here's your title. A mm-hmm. leader, something respect and earned. And uh, so accountability. Most people think of accountability as negative. You know why they think that? Because they had a terrible leader mm-hmm. who was a manager who pretended to be their leader. Accountability is positive. Because what I'm doing is I'm checking in with you to see if you're doing your job to get what you want, right? Like, and I know you do this too, is like, if they want to go on a trip, they need to do X number of things. Maybe it's door knocking, cold calling, follow up, whatever, right? They're not going to be able to go on a vacation or a trip if they don't do these things. So then shame on me and you being leaders, letting them not go on a trip. That's our responsibility. So I look at accountability like if I'm not following up with you, I'm not doing my job. I'm doing a disservice to both of us now. That's right. And there's no reason to have me around. So accountability to me is positive, checking in and and just getting to where they are. A lot of people are like, hey, Will, did you get it done? Okay, why not? Yeah, get it done next time. Are you going to want to do it next time? No. So it's like, hey, well, what got in the way? What issues do you have? Tell me about what's going on in your personal life. Tell me what's getting in the way of like getting your vacation you want to get on or car or house or whatever their goal is, right? Like, so it's, it's never coming from a place of hurt or gotcha or I'm coming for you. If you have those conversations, those are terrible leaders that are managers just checking boxes. Yep. So if you take that approach, which I know that we've talked about, it's the right approach. Yeah, because from a management perspective, you're trying to keep a ship afloat. A leader is, is we're moving, right? We're, exactly. We're taking people to a different Well, and you're side by side with them. Yeah. You know, so I'm never going to ask somebody to do something I wouldn't do. So I make cold calls. I door knock. I've gone to open houses. I'll, I'll sit in on those meetings. Like, even though I'm not a real estate agent today, I can still go out and do all those things. We right? still have lead generation activities. For sure. We have we're things that we have to do. Yeah. No, I think that that's big. Um, so accountability from, from your guys' aspect, you guys do a lot of online leads. Yes. Do you know the percentage of your business that's online lead focused? It's, I mean, I would say if I was going to give you like the exact number today, I'd probably be a little off, but we're probably looking in the 40% range. Okay. So 40% of your guys is how many units? You're doing 1,000, 1,200, 1,500 Last year we did 960, 300 million. Okay. Uh, this year we're over 225 million. And um, we're over 650. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm going to go direction here with Bradley team. And I want to start first. Like you guys have obviously a wonderful relationship with Zillow. Yeah. Um, I know speaking with Adam from, at the panel last week, he doesn't necessarily love Zillow. Yeah. Um, but it's something that you guys have adopted. Um, 
What's the direction for the agent that maybe doesn't know too much about Zillow and yep. what they're doing? What's their direction and what's their impact in this industry? Well, it's think about this, okay? There's there's lots of leads generated every day, but let's be honest, do real estate agents follow up with leads once, twice, and then they give up. Yeah. Right? So Zillow formed because people didn't actually convert. They didn't call, they didn't call them seven, eight, twelve, fifteen times over two years, right? Because an average lead is about 12 to 18 months. Yeah. You meet them today, it converts in a year, year and a half. So Zillow found this opportunity where people weren't following up, they weren't calling. So they used technology to follow up with their people. So Zillow was created because of realtors doing a terrible job, yeah. right? So, and now realtors don't like Zillow because they charge you know a large amount for a lead, they charge referral fees. But guess what? If I said, hey, Will, you don't have to ever do that. You can just make cold calls and door knock and you'll make 10 times more money. Mm -hmm. Or you could take this now ready to go lead and it's going to make you a lot less money, but you don't have to do anything. Guess what realtors pick? The easy stuff, yep. right? So Zillow is always going to be there because of that. I tell people all the time, do you like Amazon? I personally don't like Amazon. I think they're a large corporation. I think they're taking over the world, right? But I also get four boxes delivered to my house every day. <laughs> So Zillow is the same thing. They have the eyes today. Everybody's on Zillow. There's more people on Zillow than there are actually in the United States because a lot of people have two, three accounts, yep. right? So if you're not using Zillow, in my opinion, you're severely behind because you're on the, under the impression that people are going to websites. You're under the impression that people are, are out doing other things. People are at home on Zillow. Yep. So I would rather be with a partner like Zillow then try to go against them like most of the real estate community. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Zillow, what I can tell you is Zillow has always made it very clear. They are for real estate agents. Okay. Now, they've made mistakes. They have definitely um, had problems. They've had to take steps back. Have they done things they wish they could take back? Of course. You know, but they're always straightforward. I mean, I've talked to one of the co-founders. I, I sit on uh, a board and we talk about some of these things and they're in it for the right reasons. I can tell you from the top leadership people, they are telling us we're not trying to replace real estate agents. We're trying to make real estate agents more successful. We're trying to make them more money. And obviously it helps Zillow too, right. right? If the real estate agent is converting, but Zillow is, does not want to get into 5 million MLSs. Zillow does not want to get into the W2 game. They don't want to get into all those activities. So to me, Zillow will help a real estate agent when they first start. What is in it for them? Like you said, what's nice about Zillow is it's friendly for realtors to use. It's it's a great buzzword when you meet clients and people know what their Zestimate is. So know your homework when you're going in. Check Zillow, check the Zestimate, and use that tool. I know we have MLS, but use that tool to help. And I'm telling you that real estate agents need to calm down because Zillow's not there to replace them even though they're thinking that. Yeah, and they're going to be a major player regardless. Of course. Of what we want, whether we get mad or not. Exactly. Right? Um, okay, cool. So, I, I mean, I appreciate you opening up on yeah. that too. When it comes to the Bradley team, what's, where are you guys going? What's your direction? Uh, what's the goal? Where are you heading, Kobe yeah. Sway, as a leader? Like, yeah. what, what are you guys working on? So, we, we are going to get to 250 agents. We're going to get to a billion dollars in real estate. And our goal is a time frame of three years, mm -hmm. okay? We're trying to get there in three years. You're sprinting. It's a lofty goal. I mean, three years ago, we started with nine or 10 agents, yeah. right? Today, we're sitting at 50. Um, so we've got a long ways to go, but by building some of those foundations early, right, we don't run to those same mistakes. Like, we, yeah, we could have added 50 agents year one, but they all would have left us because we didn't have the right things in place. Yeah. Um, 
So we're doing, that's something that we're pushing towards. And then we also started a mortgage company, an insurance company, a title company. And there's a couple others that I don't want to share today that we're working on. Yeah. But we want to try to provide a one-stop experience. We want to provide that white glove service that so many other companies do. Again, I worked at AT&T. Yeah. AT&T provided cell phone service, landline service, internet service, cable service. And they also provided laptop service, right? Like, and they even dabbled in a few other things that people don't know about, like uh, home security and other things. So they're trying to provide an all one-stop shop, like Cox does, local. Yep. So why wouldn't you do something like that um, is kind of where my head goes. Yeah, no, that's big. So you're trying to provide a one-stop shop for clients. Yes. Agents and as well? And for agents, yeah. yeah. To me, it's like the agent's line, the commission's on the line. When they go to a lender and it's not someone they know and fully trust, that lender, let's be honest, sometimes will share another real estate agent mm-hmm. and say negative things about the realtor. Same with an insurance company. They're going to say, who's your insur- who's your real estate agent? And sometimes they won't say positive things about it. So if the real estate agent can help control some of those interactions, right, that's great for realtors too because now we can control everything. It's great for realtors because they know it's controlled and it's the right message being said and it's all positive towards them. Yeah. And then for clients... People don't want to go find that stuff today. Like, why do we use Kayak or why do we use these other places? Like, we don't want to go do the research. So the realtor is the source for all these things. Well, when they meet with one of our agents and they go, hey, we've got everything covered. Or you can go with a realtor. Good luck finding the other nine services. Yeah, that's big. So to me, it's a win-win. Yeah, that's huge. Okay. Um, If you were an agent that, let's say, wanted to start their own team, and the answer is not join the Bradley team sure. tomorrow. So of course, to all, we're not for everybody. Do all those things. And we're not for everybody. If you were going out to start a team in this market and what we're seeing happen, um, what would kind of be your first steps? What would you focus on? So uh, to focus on, just like an agent starting on our team, is you got to focus on getting into open houses. Have a cold calling plan. Like be comfortable being uncomfortable. Good. So like focus on cold calling. You can use ChatGPT to come up with the best scripts. You don't need to pay anybody. It's free, right? Um, so I would try to hone on on my calling skills, and then I would do old fashioned door knocking. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with door knocking today. That still works. And then I would spend a little bit of money on like a Zillow, a Realtor, a Google, yep. and try to get some leads. So I would try to find a combination of. A few different things. You don't want to rely on just leads. You don't want to rely on just door knocking, right? Um, there's a lot of avenues to go, but simple, open houses, door knocking slash calling, and then a small budget for um, lead generation. So that's, that's big. So the average realtor sells how many houses yearly basis? Uh, like in Omaha? Yeah. Probably five? Five houses. Okay. So the one thing, we have a lot of conversations about this, right? And we're fortunate to be able to coach and lead organization here on team. Lead funnels. Yeah. If you can build out even one good lead funnel, mm-hmm. you're going to be more successful than other agents in this market. Yep. If, like you're saying, diversifying, right? Like Just like in any other part of life. If we can build two, three, four lead funnels out and then focus on them every single day. I think that's where the struggle is as an agent is we get so distracted with somebody's calling us saying they got a faster way to do this. Yep. Somebody's calling us saying like, hey, pay me this and I'll do this for you. Instead of just focusing on, oh, hey, I got to talk to humans. Yeah. Because humans buy houses, right? Humans buy houses. And, and we don't spend enough time talking to those people. No. And then, oh, by the way, we got to track our numbers. Yeah. Right? You run a business. Um, how big and important is it? Like with the accountability piece of tracking numbers, tracking conversion rates, and that yeah. kind of stuff. You live in that, I know. Yeah. So what's the importance of that in our industry? Well, it's 
you got to know, like we've talked about before, is you got to know your KPIs, right? So how many door knocks does it take to get a sale? Yeah. How many calls does it make to get an appointment? How many appointments does it get to get a sale? A lot of agents don't know that. So they just, they're wasting their time because they don't know where they should be spending their time. If you track your numbers, you would know where to spend your time. Most real estate agents are on a 15 lane highway, like we talked about earlier. And we want to try to narrow that down to one or two. You got to go deeper, not wider. Most realtors are like, I'm going to get my license in three states. I'm going to get all this business. I'm going to drive around. I'm licensed. You guys focus on a neighborhood, mm. focus on a subdivision. Um, but yeah, knowing your numbers is huge and you know where to spend your time. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And I think that's big where the market is moving. We've seen decrease in units, 20% three years in a row. Yeah. Right. And so who's going to win this game is going to be people that have listings, uh-huh. have a geographic, um, strategy of yeah. how you're going to get listings. Talk to people that own homes. Why? It makes <laughs> sounds crazy. It's crazy. And then ask some questions. It's, it's crazy. Actually, it's simple, right? Um, okay, cool. So we're going to start kind of wrapping this up. Two more questions I got for you. Number one, how do you balance all the things you balance? You have a large team, you have ancillary businesses that you're running. You're a father, mm-hmm. family man, right? Yep. Like how do you balance all that? You know, it's, uh, Adam says it all the time. You're never going to be, um, happy where you are and you're going to bounce around. So sometimes your family life's going to suffer a little bit and you're going to be spending more time at work. Sometimes you're going to be at work and then family, like, and sometimes you're in the mortgage company, sometimes you're in the real estate, there's never a solid answer, right? Like, of course I time block, of course I set times aside to only spend on certain businesses. I've tried everything, right? Mm-hmm. I've tried Monday focus on this, Tuesday focus on that. And I think it's it's easier said than done, you know, to do that. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, time blocking like a realtor is essential. Yes. And I wanna make sure like I spend enough time, but there isn't a great answer, Will. I'm still figuring it out myself. Yeah. And it's about the people and where do I need to put my attention with the people for that day? No, I think that's big and perspective too, right? The one thing that I've learned here with with working through people's different struggles that they may have, the things that you probably need to work on at home, you're practicing in your business, just combine them, right? The things that you probably need in your business, you're probably practicing at home. And so if you can view them not as separate and as one, and it's all a lesson in this, real estate's here to prop up what you need to work on. That's really how you're going to move forward. Okay. Um, last question I got for you is if you could go back to day one, Kobe Sway in real estate, much different, right? Because you came into a leadership perspective. What would you tell yourself now after what you've been through? I don't know if I would be in it. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. I love what I do. Um, it's, I think the thing is like, you're going to make mistakes, right? And I'm always a huge thing of like no regrets in life. And um, it's, have we made mistakes? For sure. If I could go back, what I would have done is I would do everything I do now, right? I loved everything we have. I love how everything's laid out. Have we made mistakes? 100%. I love taking risks and we take risks all the time. And uh, honestly, there isn't much I would really change. I think if it would be like one thing, if you're like, man, what's that one thing? I would probably spend more time on figuring out what the realtor does on a daily basis and how it can solve their problem faster. That might've taken me six, nine months a year. Mm -hmm. If I could have went back and got that months, I would. So that's the one thing I would is solving those problems earlier. Yeah, that's huge. That's a good reflection point. So look, I appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate Uh, having me. I know how busy you are. I'm excited to see where you go and just be, you know, having a friendship with you has been nice. Like having another younger leader that's looking to build in this. We don't have a lot of friends in the area. So it's good to have a friend. <laughs> we, we have a long runway ahead of us. So I appreciate you making the time today. Um, everybody will be back next week. Thanks for taking the time to, to hop on. I hope this was valuable and we will see you next week.